0: Welcome back to the Todd Duncan Podcast. A member of the industry syndicate. This is where success happens.
1: Todd's goal is to transform your business and life through deeper connections, higher trust, and proven strategies to help you win and give you your best life
0: ever. Here's your host, Todd Duncan. So we're gonna do something we've never done before. You guys actually get to participate in the first closing session 27 years that I've decided not to go solo, and this was not planned until what?
1: 30 a yeah, minute. 30, five minute, minutes 30 ago. Minutes or yeah.
0: Five. Yeah, 20 minutes ago, or something like that. So, um, so again, I'm so grateful that that you guys, you know, have come, and um, we we want to make this last 30 minutes like uh, super, super, super impactful. And, uh, and, and I think that we want to begin by um, reiterating that the thing that matters most has to matter most, okay? And, and, and the priority of life has to be the priority of life. And, uh, and, and, and I think that if we don't understand that, we let the most precious thing that we have be compromised. And so as, as, as fulfilling as it is to teach you so many ideas over four days about you know, what you can do to have a better business, the by far most important message that gets sent to you as you prepare to leave and execute is that the only thing that matters is your life. The only thing that matters is your life. And uh, I, uh, about 18 months or so ago, Deb and I were in our car, we were heading from Newport Beach back to Laguna Beach and uh, we, we got a phone call from uh, a friend of ours and uh, he, he said, I need to talk to you guys, it sounds like you're driving. Can you pull over? And so I remember the cul-de-sac that we found over by uh, Fletcher Jones, and we we pulled the car over, and and we put the car in park, and uh, and we started talking to our friend. And uh, as I recall the conversation, um, it, it was fairly shocking to hear from him what we heard from him. And the part that was very interesting uh, was that the guy's young, the guy's wealthy, the guy's out of shape, and the guy is stressed out. All those things. Has the money, has the homes, has the cars, has the bank accounts, has everything everything, and he's 44, and he's calling us, and he's calling us from the hospital. Why don't you start off telling everybody what we were told by our friend?
1: Well, the way I remember it is he said, "Um, I have good news and I have bad news. Um, The bad news is I had a heart attack, and I have been in the hospital, and they've been performing this surgery and all these complications. The good news is if it hadn't been for the heart attack I wouldn't know, I have cancer. And he, it was this crazy turn of events. He was about to get married and we were going to the wedding and he had a very rare form of cancer that they wouldn't have found otherwise.
0: So that's just part of the story. So the first part of the story is, you can have it all and be on the edge of death. That's the first part of the story. And um, those that, of you that know me well know that we talk oftentimes about sometimes you get a second chance and sometimes you don't. Brian Fraser didn't get a second chance. He was shot, he died immediately and he never got another shot at it. Okay, this guy goes in and he has a heart attack and the only reason they found his stage four multiple myeloma in his bone marrow was because of the blood tests, because of the heart attack. And so the first thing he had to do was he had had to figure out, can the heart keep going? And then the second thing he had to understand is that he was entering the battle of his life. And he had everything. And it's very, very interesting to, to witness and watch what ends up happening when you have to do what you have never thought would happen to you. And I guess one of the messages as we, as we think about the event and as we think about the idea of, of the only thing that matters is your life, health. I must say that fit is the most important part of fast and the most important part of forward. This guy was fast. This guy was forward. This guy was 125 pounds overweight. This guy had all the money. This guy had all the fame. This guy had everything you could possibly want that money could buy but he wasn't physically fit. And so as, as, as you think about this, you think about, okay, so we go to the wedding and he's out of the hospital. He knows he has the cancer. He's been through a round of chemo. You know, his bride is, is beautiful. The day is special. Um, he spends a million dollars on his wedding. It's, you know, it's like, I, I may not be here next year. And that is a crazy thing to consider as you get married to the woman of your dreams. And I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that wedding for all the reasons that we know because of our friendship with them. But I'll never forget that wedding because he was still 125 pounds overweight and he looked like he was gonna die. And it was really, really amazing to to think this might be I mean, I remember it. This might be the last time we see him. And uh, as the story goes on, he, he, he had a, a massive, massive battle for nine months, 10 months, and uh, got really, really clear that um, if I'm going to make it through this, I got to have... an absolute unfathomable commitment to fighting and not only fighting but winning and it was uh it was just it was just amazing and um we would chat we would text i would get a lot of texts and calls from His wife and from the other people that knew him, there were moments where he couldn't even, he wasn't conscious. He was, you know, sedated or in a coma or he was going through a bone marrow transplant or a stem cell transplant or another round of chemo. I mean, it was, how would you describe what you know about what he went through?
1: Oh, beyond
0: brutal. Beyond brutal, beyond, I mean, beyond comprehension. Yeah. Beyond anything that, that you could ever in your wildest dreams think would be required of you. And um, I was telling somebody last night, they were asking me, so, so, you know, what do you credit your success to? And, you know, I said, I said to this person last night, I said, there's a lot of things that have happened in my life that I think have helped me understand what success is. You know, there's, there's a lot of people that have been in my life. There's a lot of, you know, I, I learned some of my best lessons from you guys. I learned some of the greatest gifts from people that I get to mentor and. And, uh, and, and I remember uh, telling this individual last night that I got a book from my grandmother when I was 16. And the book was entitled, Success Through a Positive Mental Attitude. And it was written by W. Clement Stone and Napoleon Hill. I still have the book. And I remember the thing that, that in that book that really, really struck me hard as a 16-year-old, as a uh, and you might be thinking, what 16-year-old would be reading a book called Success From Positive Mental Attitude? Well, any 16-year-old that loves his grandmother. That, that's the answer to that, right? Because I, mean, so I knew she was gonna call me and say, did you like the book? So I read the book and here's the quote that stood out, okay? Um, Super, super simple. There's very little difference between success and failure. But the little difference makes the big difference. The little difference is attitude. The biggest difference is whether it's positive or negative. There's very little difference between success and failure, but the little difference makes the big difference. The little difference is attitude. The big difference is whether it's positive or negative. So I want you to, in that context, in that perspective, I want you to think about the kind of attitude you might have if your life depended on it. I really want you to, to contemplate that. If, you're, if your life depended on it, what kind of attitude would you have? What do you think you would say? What are some of the words you would use? <clears throat> and it seems kind of interesting that in the midst of uh, you know being on page hundred and forty-five or six, whatever page you're on, it seems kind of interesting that at the end of the day, this whole workbook comes down to one word, and that one word is is attitude. That is the word. That is the word for surviving. That is the word for, for thriving, period. So, as the story goes on, um, you know, we were just, um, we were blown away by the, the fight. Oh, the, we, we
1: would get pictures of him, and he looked like he was holding on by his fingernails
0: all the time. Describe that, babe, because you're right.
1: Well, he had this beautiful new Bride and life was beautiful, and he was in the hospital fighting for his life. I mean, dying. Yeah, he's on dialysis every day.
0: He'll be on dialysis. It's really hard to say for the rest of his life because we still don't know what that looks like, just like we don't know it for us. We don't know what the rest of our life looks like.
1: Ask you, what is your definition of success?
0: Um, I think it comes down to purposefully and intentionally making a difference. But I think it's interesting because it's easy to think, you know, making a difference in clients' lives, you know, and that's that's beautiful. That's well and good. I mean, that's that's a beautiful thing to wake up to. But um, if I were in his spot it would be really hard to realize that I've got to actually make a difference in my own life right now if I'm gonna have the opportunity to make a difference in anybody else's life. And when you, when you think about the, the centrality of fitness, the odds are much better that you'll be around for a lot longer when you control the parts of your fitness that you have control over. And when, I, when, when you asked me that, uh, and, and, I, and I said purposeful and intentional, I, 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 think, I think that our friend didn't have that. I think he had everything that externally meant success. But at the end of the day, he didn't have the most important thing, which was his health. And there is a, what's what's your?
1: I believe, ooh, sorry, that was kind of loud. I believe that when life gives you a huge challenge, a gift comes with it. And I believe when you get a gift, a challenge comes with it. And sort of the irony of this particular situation, is we've known them for a long time and we would get together and he was an old friend of Todd's and helped this gentleman become incredibly successful and when we when the four of us would go out to dinner he really wanted to talk to Todd and he had a good reason to have a, a big ego and and sort of the amazing part of seeing him recently, can I go ahead and go there? Sure. Is he is so present in his life now. He has been transformed, this, this person that, that was lovely and amazing and full of life, now he doesn't want to miss a second. And it is amazing to watch him now live life differently
0: but let me tell you what now means now means he's been out of the hospital for about nine weeks now means that he is 125 pounds thinner than he was when he had his heart attack now means that because of the bone marrow transplant and the stem cell transplant he had to learn how to rewalk now means he uses a cane Um, Now means that he'll have bleed outs, sometimes not even knowing it's going to happen. He's on dialysis three, four days a week. His life has been forever altered, but he has the gift of life. And and, And the reason we're having this conversation is because I admire how he took the gift of a second chance and is living fervently with an attitude. And I'm gonna show you just a couple things right now that demonstrate this. So um, this was one of his quotes when he opened the conference for his company five weeks ago? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm gonna show you this. And he said, the devil whispered in my ear, you're not strong enough to withstand the storm. Today I whispered in the devil's ear, I am the storm. Now you think about that. You just think about that. You think about the world doesn't want you to win. And basically, you're going to say to the world, I am the storm that's going to win. And if you look real closely, you can see him seated on a bar stool right there and uh, walked out with his cane and sat down and talked for a half an hour to his team about what does it mean to really imagine. Can you imagine what it means to imagine when you're dying? Can you imagine how powerful it would be to imagine differently while you're alive? You know, and and I will tell you right now that as we talked with him and as we we hung with him, there was a couple things that that really became clear. The the first thing that became clear is in the most purest sense that I can give it to you. When I talked to you on Monday night about health and wealth, and I talk to you about the correlation that healthy people are wealthy people and wealthy people are healthy people, what I said is beyond the exclusion of things that you can't control health-wise. He could have controlled all things health a lot earlier. He could have gotten in shape a lot earlier. He could have avoided a heart attack a lot earlier. That was not running in his family. He could have done all that earlier, but he didn't. And so then what he said to us, he said, um, one of the biggest lessons I've learned is that if you get in trouble in a health kind of way, for me, I was really glad I had a lot of money. And I said, why? And he said, because I spent, and I'm not gonna give you the figure, but it's bigger than any figure you could ever imagine. I spent this flying doctors in from all over the world to save my life. And because I had the money, I could do it. And that's a little bit kind of weird, but it's a little bit kind of powerful. And it's like,
1: wow. Yeah, he even said, it's really messed up. Yeah. It's really messed up. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, you know, and, and, and so then as he continued his, his conversation, and I think this is one of the big messages that we want to give to you as we think about kind of going forward, the forward piece, right? And, and, and the quote that he put up towards the end of his presentation, I took a picture of, and it was this quote, you never know how strong you are until being strong is the only choice you have. You never know how strong you are until being strong is the only choice you have. And I believe today that the reason why he is alive is because he chose the attitude of strength. I believe that, I believe that. And it's very cool. They're going to have their first baby this December. And so all before treatment, he had the foresight to have some of that special sauce put aside. And, uh, <laughs> and, and they are now pregnant with their first child. And uh, it's, it's really a miracle to see what has happened. And one of the things we talked about there, and, and this has nothing to do with your spiritual bent, but uh, he and I were talking and he said, he said uh, in the midst of all of this, I had to understand there was a power bigger than me to help me conquer this fear. And one of my favorite Bible verses is God is, not, God is not giving you the spirit of fear, okay? But he is giving you the spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And I give that to you because I think sometimes we mix up the words. Sometimes we forget that, that, that fear is what's getting in the way of us experiencing power and love, Right? And this, this idea of I'm clear in my mind to your speech. It was just, and to hear this guy say, I park on this every day. My, my power has not given me the spirit of fear, but my power has given me the spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And I don't know about you, but I was blown away after five rounds of chemo. A stem cell transplant, a bone marrow transplant, a heart attack, losing 100. I was blown away by James's clarity. Mm-hmm. Were you?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: He is more clear today than he has ever been clear. And my question to you is, what do you see when you see words? You know, what do you really see when you think about your future? You know, I, I had a, a couple of these put together. You know, it's, it's interesting. We hear, we hear this idea, don't quit, don't quit, don't quit, don't quit. Don't quit, don't quit. But in don't quit is do it. How, how cool is that? You know, don't quit, don't be a quitter, don't quit, don't quit, don't quit. And in the middle of don't quit is what? Do it. I mean, that just to me is like, holy cow, <laughs> right? You know, and, and then, uh, you know, there's a lot of I wish I hads. You know, and, and one of the, the word, word groups we saw is, is this idea of remember who you wanted to be. Remember who you wanted to be. Remember who you wanted to be. Well, be who you want to be. Don't remember, you know, who you wanted to be. Just decide, be who you want to be. And there's absolutely no play on words except if you go into the core of what we normally see the recipe for victory is sitting right there. We have negative attitudes about doing stuff. You know, we, we, we hear, you know, the key to success is get shit done. It'll get shit done. We go get shit done and all we have to really do is just get it done. <laughs> we, don't need, we don't need, you know, any of the other stuff, right? And I, and, I, and I think about this and I think about, you know, all of this is, all this conversation is about you it's about me it's about deb it's about it's about what i said in the coaching video this this just this overwhelming plague of the disease of excusitis and and i think what what our friend proved to us was in the is in the deepest darkest moments you can decide to win In the deepest, darkest darkest moments, you can decide to win. And so when we we talked on, on Monday night, you know, what does an extraordinary life look like to you? Deb, you spoke beautifully yesterday about what does an extraordinary life look like to you? Do you guys have, like, in your head right now, from a lifestyle standpoint, what are two or three things that need to happen for you to have an extraordinary life that you can control Yesterday when Deb led you through the exercises, did you, did you get really clear on what that looks like? And is it deep emotional kind of stuff or is it the stuff on the surface? You know, and I think that as we, as we think about your, your, you know, kind of your best year, you know, it's easy to think to your point on New Year's resolutions. You know, it's easy to think that, you know, I gotta set some resolutions uh, to have 2020 be my best year. It's always good. I think that's how everybody goes into the end of the year, right? I see so much marketing right now, how to make next year your best year. You know, I even said something on Facebook, I don't know, five weeks ago. There's like all this stuff hitting, you know, how to finish strong in Q4. And and I saw like seven different things come in from seven different personalities on how to finish the year strong. And I, I, I went off on it, and I, I don't know if you saw it, but I just my guy just started recording. I said, just push repu- push play or record. And I, and I said, um, it's really, really interesting to see all this stuff coming out right now, how to make Q4 you know strong, how to finish the year strong, how to and, and, and it was almost as if the first three quarters weren't valuable. It was almost as if you haven't hit your goals. And you need to do something magical in the next 90 days to finish strong. And I, and I, and I just looked at my, my, my whole ecosystem. I talked to Deb, and I said, why don't we just do that every day? Instead of trying to make, like, the fourth quarter great, why don't we just make every day great? You know, why don't, why don't we just do the little things consistently every day so we never have to make up? And I'm sure the intention of all these finish, finish the year, you know, and blah, 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 and how to make next year your best year, I think the intentions are all pure. But if there is anything I can tell you about anything that, that we have learned is there is power in the daily do. The daily do is what eliminates the need to try to crush it when you're running out of time in whatever period of time you have. And because we never ever know when that time ends, as is the case when you get a diagnosis or something like that, the idea is not to have next year be your best year. The, the real idea is how to have next year be your best year ever. That's the real idea. It's not just let's have our best year. Let's have our best year ever. Not because it's our last year. But because it makes all the sense in the world, let's have the best year ever. Because if we have the best year ever, there is a really strong chance that we will be doing the things that produce greatness. And, and because we don't know, not one human being in this room, including Deb and myself, we don't even know if we'll be here in 2021. We don't even know. I mean, Wally Elliberi is lucky to be here. He got center punched in his car, and the car got flipped around three or four times and uh, totally totaled, you know, and, and he, five weeks ago, he could have been dead, and he sent me a picture of the, his car, this $250,000 car, crushed. We don't know. We just don't know. So we don't know. Doesn't it make sense to have every day, like, be your best day ever? at least attempt for that, at least to have the attitude towards that. Because if we can make every day our best day ever, then 365 of those give us our best year ever. And that's kind of the message. The message is you can make next year anything you want it to be. But just understand that the fit piece The fit piece is the most important piece. And if you can start with with physical fitness, that leads to mental fitness, that leads to emotional fitness, psychological fitness, it leads to self-confidence, it leads to energy, it leads to health. If you can be dietarily fit, if you can eat the right way, if you can do those things all around fit, you will be able to get more done in less time, you'll be able to sustain the injuries and the blows when they happen, and you'll be able to get back on your feet much more quickly than you otherwise would. And, uh, you know, we're super grateful that Susan uh, is back. Is Susan here? She, she got out of the hospital and she was doing, doing great and uh, kind of cool that somebody goes down in this room and, um, you know, ends up getting another chance to whatever degree you know, we have those second chances. So what would you like to say in your final thoughts, Miss Dream Girl?
1: Um, I just think there's great power in what you were just talking about and if you leave with nothing else but a daily list of activities that compounded can change your life and um, I have I've seen it happen over and over again, um, you know, the subtitle to high-trust selling is make more money in less time with less stress. And that really is our dream for everyone. And how many times up here did I hear people say, you know, I'm working less, I'm making more money, I'm having more fun, and um, it works. High-trust selling works, and that is our goal for all of you. But I hope you believe it because if you believe it, you'll make intentional choices that will every day take you closer and closer to that business so that you can have a life and you can have everything you dream of.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Well, we love you guys with uh, all of our soul and might and energy. And uh, let's stand up and just tell everybody, thank you so much for being a mastery this year. Uh, Thank you for giving us a chance to pour into your lives. Uh, Thank you for trusting us and and thank you for all the investment you make in yourselves. We are grateful that you are our friends and clients. We wish you a safe journey home.